Welcome to the Analytics for You podcast. If you want to listen to the Spanish version, you can skip to minute 23. Bienvenidos al podcast Analytics for You. Si quieres escuchar la versión en español, puedes ir al minuto 23. Welcome, guys, to a new episode of the Analytics for You podcast. This is a space to talk about technology, digital solutions, and analytics in the hair care field. My name is Marian Montero. I am here with Ruben and Michael. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing really well, Mariel, and how are you doing, Michael? Hello, hello. Um, I'm doing great. Um, just want to give you a heads up. I, I was feeling a little bit under the weather this morning, but, but I'm here, so I'm glad to be here. What about you, Mariel? Trudging through, trudging through, right? Trudging through. That's we right. We've got to keep our, our audience as a priority. <laughs> <laughs> always. As always. Mm -hmm. I feel great today. Today, I have a very deep question which person that you know do you consider to have had the greatest influence on the person you are today michael i leave i leave those those are deep questions uh, man. The, That's, that one's for you uh, you're better you're better <laughs> at those questions than me you know um it, i don't know i don't know if if there's one specific person i, I can tell you um there has been groups of people Um, that I had dealt with in the past that have taught me a lot. Uh, for example, um, when I when I first came to Puerto Rico, uh, a month after my arrival, Hurricane Maria um, passed through Puerto Rico. And, and for the people that do not know, this has been one of the most devastated, uh, devastating uh, hurricanes in, in Puerto Rico history. <laughs> it, it, it was it was something else, uh, to be honest with you. So. Um, my neighbors, my neighbors told me a lot, you know, they told me the, the sense of community and, and camaraderie and, and, you know, unity and, and all this on a daily basis, uh, um, days and weeks after Hurricane Maria had passed and, and what I saw with my own eyes, it, it's very hard to describe, you know, having, having another human being, being thankful for for you to to be well and and to be able to help you and, and to be willing to help you with with the most disinterest um you know motives um it it, it really had taught me a lot it, it taught me that the the puerto rican culture is is different than than what i have experienced in the past so so yeah group of people not not one specific person <laughs> what about you Ruben? Uh, I, th th these are always kind of hard questions for me because, you know, the easy answer is somebody in your family, you know, father or, or, or a friend. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I don't look at people that way, uh, because, you know, we all have great things, uh, that we can do as, as you just mentioned with, with this example, uh, you know, where, where in a very dire situation uh, people just step up and do some some really amazing things 
uh, both from a, from a physical standpoint and as well as from a kindness standpoint. Uh, and then, and then there are just other people that, uh, you know, go, go through life and, and just really kind of accomplish things that they don't even realize that they're accomplishing. And, and I think I, I tend to gravitate to those kind of people. I tend to, to gravitate to people that, you know, tend to do, tend to have a passion uh, for, for what they're doing. And, and because of that, they, they end up just becoming really good at, at whatever it is that they're doing. Um, if I had to name somebody, and it's not because it directly answers the question as that's, you know, that, that I am here because of that person. But uh, if I have to answer the question as, you know, who really impressed me with some of the things that they, they accomplish in life and, and that if I could do things like that, I would be very happy. Uh, it was Steve Jobs. I think Steve Jobs really, and, and in many respects, by the way, people that, that knew him well said he was a really nasty person. Uh, but, but in many other respects, he, he did accomplish some pretty incredible things. And most of the time against the odds. So, he, you know, he was always outmaneuvered by, the, by Bill Gates and, and by many other, other companies, including his own uh, board members who kicked him out of the company he founded. And, and yet, you know, right now, the legacy that he left really still drives Apple. And, and I find that always, you know, very intriguing. And, and he made a great speech once to a Stanford graduating class, if I remember correctly, the name of the university, but it's, it's on YouTube. You can, you can look it up. And, you know, he, he said something that really has always inspired me. And he said, you know, one day you're going to die. We're all going to die. And you just have to ask yourself if you're waking up every morning knowing that you're going to die, that what you're doing is what you want to do. And I really took that to heart. So that, you know, I, I tend to not do things that I don't want to do <laughs> based on that message. You know, I, I tend to do what I want to do and what I feel like should be done uh, because one day I'm going to die and I'm, you know, am I spending my time doing the things that I want to do or am I spending my time? And, and his message was very, you know, for people that may not get it, his message wasn't that, you know, there are certainly times that you need to do things that you don't want to do, but are you doing them because you, that they're still going to get you to where you want to go or are you doing them to satisfy somebody else? That was really his message is just make sure you're not doing something that somebody else is asking you to do because that happens. We all know that, you know, maybe your parents want you to be a doctor or, or your friends say that you should be a, you know, I don't know, uh, a, a singer. And, and and sometimes you start following somebody else's dreams. And he was saying, don't do that. Always follow your dreams. So uh, he did it in his own particular way. And that's how he sent his message. But uh, I, uh, I, I, I got it loud and clear and I've always tried to live that way. So now do I admire Steve Jobs and, you know, want to be Steve Jobs? No, but so I, I'm not here because of that, of him to answer that question directly. But I think he was, he's, he's the type of person that, uh, you know, really understood that message. And, and that's the message that I would like to send to other people. I mean, if you're bored at work and if you're not happy and if you're, you know, not doing the things that make you happy, that are driving your dreams, man, come on, 
find another thing. Okay, go find it. And nowadays, even more. The internet is is just is such a game changer, such a equalizer that there's really no excuse to for you to go out there and and do what what you want to do and not what somebody else may want you to do. Excellent question, Mariel, as always. I admit that my family is very dear to me, but without a doubt, my greater influence has been a woman whom I consider my aunt. Her name is Benita, and she has shown me that everything is possible if you really work for it. She's a great woman with a good business today. I love her. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Tia Benita. <laughs> Tia Benita. <laughs> But let's get into it. From this analytic standpoint, does the modality of the equipment make a difference? That's a, that's a very good question. It's a, there's actually a very simple answer to that. Uh, and it's, it's no. Uh, but of course, you know, that would make for a very short podcast. So let's, let's look at it in a very, in a very different uh, or in a more in-depth way. A analytics in the sense of, you know, taking data, turning it into information from there, gathering some knowledge and then taking action. It's a very numbers driven type of uh, process. And there, it doesn't really matter where that, where those numbers come from. So when you're talking about the modality, you're, you're, you're thinking in the, in the sense of radiology, you're thinking of an X-ray uh, image or study before a, or, or compared to a CT study or compared to, uh, to an MRI study uh, or an ultrasound or a mammography. And so when you're doing analytics, it doesn't really take those things into account in the sense that it doesn't compare them to know whether, you know, whether it's going to make some sort of difference or not. Having said that, all these modalities, anybody that's been in the, on the field and, and been working around them knows that indeed there are very marked differences, not just in the way that the studies uh, are generated and the end result of the studies, but in how long they can take and, in, and as such, how, how many of them can you do? So let's look at, I took a couple of, uh, of examples. Most of us, when we've had any kind of injury or, or complaint in our, with our physical body, the first thing that people do in a, in a healthcare setting or in an imaging se setting is they take an x-ray of you. So, hey, my wrist really hurts. I fell on it. And you go to the, to the doctor and the, and the doctor says, well, I'm going to take an x-ray. Okay, you go to an orthopedist or, or, an, or an ER if it's that urgent. And the first thing they do is they take an x-ray. So when you think of that, it should become pretty apparent that an x-ray is going to be the highest volume modality in almost any imaging center, whether it's a hospital or it's a private practice or whatever. And, and it certainly is. The numbers always bear that out. And uh, when it is not... It is. It is. It, it should raise some, uh, not red flags, but it should be an attention getter for you. Okay. Uh, Michael had a, a, an example 
uh, a few weeks back with a customer where uh, he was looking at at the numbers and he was making a lot of good inferences about it. He was seeing, for example, uh, year over year over year stability. I think it was an ultrasound, Michael, that you were looking at, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and and he's like, if if this place keeps doing the exact same number of studies through the years, then they are probably not being as efficient as they could be, or they could be um, having the opportunity to do more if they added more capacity, i.e. in this case, add another ultrasound system. Okay, so now go back to the, to the x-ray part. If your x-rays were lower than your CTs, then you're going you're gonna to start making some, some, some thought. You're going to have some thoughts behind that. Okay, um, if if it's if it's lower than your MRIs, then you're certainly gonna have some thoughts about that. Unless that's a center that's specialized only in MRs, which happens, but most of the time you've you've got some X-rays that come along with with that. Okay, so do the modalities themselves make a difference in the way that we look at data? Heck no. Does knowing the modalities and the numbers that you're producing with each one make a difference? Absolutely it does because you will use it in your thought process of figuring out what may or may not be happening with that, with that center, okay, with that hospital, with that patient population that's being served, with the doctors in the community that are referring our patients to you. So, and that's kind of where this analytics is going to be very cool moving forward because once you start gathering all that data and we use things like what we've mentioned in the, few, in, the, in the last couple of podcasts about artificial intelligence, you're going to start seeing a lot of patterns. And you're going to have seen patterns like what Michael did uh, with his own knowledge about this stability year over year about studies. You're also going to be able to look at you know, stability about a possible you know, male patients in the 45 to 49 range versus female patients in the uh, 45 to 49 range, depending on the type of studies that they do, okay, and and uh, and the type of uh, conditions that they're presenting uh, with those studies. So this analysis is going to be capable of doing that. Is it capable of doing that right now? No, and it's not designed to do that right now. But uh, the future comes always uh, quicker than you think. Michael, what do you think about all this that we were talking about? <laughs> I think. I think I think you used an excellent excellent example about how this analytics is used in, in the field. Now the, the customer that you mentioned, they have homogenic, meaning the same, about the same numbers three years in a row, right? So what we did was to ask around, right? We we talked to the to the manager of radiology and to the administrator to find out why is it that <laughs> that they have the same numbers for, for three consecutive years. And what they told us was that they they were performing at the maximum level, which means that they were ready for growth. They were ready to acquire um, more machines and expand their, their amount of, uh, of uh, technicians, radiology technicians, to, to do more. Because also, and this is something that, would, that we have to pay attention is, is how much are the patients waiting? And when I say waiting, I mean length of time 
um, for an appointment throughout the days. So if the patient is waiting three and four days and now more than a week, they waiting more than a week to get an appointment, then it's time for you to grow. You have all the green lights to do so. And and analytics in, in the in the in the workspace does that for you. It solidifies an idea that you might have or it might uh, confirm it might confirm um, uh, you know once again an idea that you might have and 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 it puts the numbers and 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 the logic behind uh, these ideas that you might have so once again yeah. go ahead <laughs> no i mean it, it, what you're saying michael is it, i think it goes to the to the crux of the whole concept behind behind the software like this analytics okay you and and validates what I've been saying recently about artificial intelligence not necessarily replacing us. People have hunches, right? Humans have hunches. And and you're running a center, you're running a hospital, you're running an imaging center in a, in a department inside of a hospital. And, and you're going to have hunches about what you could do differently or what may or may not be going on. And if you do use tools like this analytics, you're going to be able to validate those, what you're thinking, what, what you're, what you're uh, suspecting that's happening. Okay. And, and that's exactly what you were saying. I mean, you, your, your thought process is really cool because you're saying not only were they doing the same volume of, of studies, uh, but now that we know that, let's go look at things of, you know, like, like how long they're waiting for an appointment, you know, and for, for not for an appointment, not for, not to get the appointment, but how long they have to wait before they come in to get that study done. So if a patient is having to wait one day, then yeah, they're operating at capacity, but they're not, they also don't have enough demand, you know, to probably exceed that capacity. But if they're waiting three weeks, like you just, like you, gave in your example, then not only are they at capacity, but they certainly are, you know, in high demand. So they could, they could definitely grow. It would be very easy for them to grow. Does, does a person usually go through that type of analysis and, and think it and, you know, be able to validate it? Very rarely, very rarely, because it would require them to capture data that they just don't have the ability to capture. Okay. And, and when they do, it's very tedious work. And so that's where tools like this analytics come into play. You suspect that and you call me or you call Michael or you call, you know, one of our, one of our team members and you say, Hey, I suspect that we're running at capacity and I want to validate it. We'll be like, okay, we'll run a report, not only of your capacity, but uh, you know, your ability to do this, this amount of studies, but let's, let's do a, a Cause let's correlate it to how many, how long people are waiting to get the studies done, and you know from the day that they schedule it till the day that they're actually uh, they're actually supposed to come in and get the study done. So, and you can do that almost instantly. I mean, it would take it would take our programmer ever maybe a couple of a couple of hours at most to code that in for you and get you get you a good you know satisfactory answer, uh, and it, it just would be something that you wouldn't be able to do unless you have some who knows, some Excel spreadsheets or some other reporting systems that are going to be cumbersome. By the time you do that one analysis, you're going to be tired and you're not going to want to do any, any more, any more analysis after that. So you are exactly right. You're exactly right. I hear Ruben and, 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 and emphasis that I want to make here before we go is that, you know, the finance department, the owners of these centers, 
the boards that represent the centers, you know, the, the leadership component of a business runs with numbers, doesn't run with the hunches and, you know, suspecting that you're running a capacity. And, and we are here to provide this information for you. Um, give us a call. Just like you said, it, it, it might take no more than a few hours. I've seen it before. And, and you know, we are in the, in the best disposition, right? To get the, those things the done. Position, yeah. The best disposition yeah. to serve you. So, so give us a call. And, and once again, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, I'm going to add one more, one last thing, because you just said that, you know, I said the two hours and you said you've seen it before. Uh, we're working right now, Michael, on, on the clock of the day before the, for the radiology department. And, you know, I told the customer about it uh, yesterday and ever just told me precisely a couple more hours and I'll have it done. He just sent me a text. And so <laughs> it's, you know, it's cool. It gets cool because, you know, we're going to be able to do almost what we're talking about right now. We're going to be able to, to tell how long people are waiting inside of the particular steps of radiology. We've done one for, for ER. Uh, but now we're going to do one for, for the radiology department and it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's a tool that I showed yesterday to the customer, to a customer, the, the other one that we've got, and they were like blown away. They were just so happy to see something like that. They're like, I want, I want the radiology one. So, I want the radiology. So yeah, so now we're getting it done. You know, it should and be done for, today. For our listeners, the, 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 the clock of a day is a tool that we develop in-house. <laughs> like most of our, our reports. So so once again, we're here to serve you. We, we listen to you and, and to your uh, concerns and your needs and, and, and we're ready to walk that extra mile with you. We, we listen to them real time, like Michael likes to say. It's not just that we get you the data real time, but we also listen to things real time. <laughs> In real time, that's correct. <laughs> Every day I discover new things from all the modalities that is analytics. Thank you, guys. This is a wrap for today. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Goodbye. See you later. Goodbye. Gracias a todos por escuchar nuestra versión en inglés. Ahora vamos a escuchar la versión en español de Analytics for You Podcast. Bienvenidos a un nuevo episodio de Analytics for You Podcast. Este es un espacio para hablar de tecnología, digital solutions y análisis en el sector salud. Mi nombre es Mariel Montero y estoy aquí con Rubén y Michael. ¿Cómo se encuentran hoy, chicos? Gracias a Dios. Muy bien, Mariel. ¿Y tú, Michael, cómo estás? Saludos a todos. Es un placer estar aquí otra vez. Uh, bueno, estoy bien, pero para nuestros oyentes, pues hoy día me sentí un poquito un poquito mal, así que pues eh, estamos aquí, estamos, nuestro, como dice Rubén en, en la versión de inglés, nuestro, nuestros eh, oyentes van primero, así que aquí estamos. Hay que hacer todo por la audiencia, así que vamos para adelante. Mm. <risa> Espero que te sientas eh, mejor. 
lo que pasa el día, Michael. Gracias. Y hoy les tengo una pregunta bien profunda. Como les decía en la versión en inglés, ¿qué personas ustedes consideran que le han influenciado a convertirse en lo que son hoy? Bueno, para mí eh, tiene que ser, no, no una persona en específico, fíjate, yo, yo siempre he tenido muchas personas con mucho talento alrededor de mí, y así que es bien difícil ponerle el dedo a una persona y decir, esta persona es la que me ha cambiado. Más bien, más bien tiene que ser un grupo de personas. Cuando yo me moví, yo me mudé aquí a Puerto Rico, fue un mes antes del huracán María. Para nuestros oyentes y para las personas que no saben, ¿verdad? El huracán María ha sido uno de los huracanes más devastadores en la historia de Puerto Rico. Una cosa impresionante. Las personas que no lo han vivido es difícil explicarlo, pero hay muchos videos en, en YouTube. Se los recomiendo. Pues, Uy, no, no, que no los vean. <ríe> o que no los vean. Horrible. Que no los vean. Bueno, entonces, el grupo de personas que más me ha influido a mí ha sido mis vecinos. Mis vecinos eh, eh, después del huracán. Yo nunca, y, y, y les digo, ¿verdad? Con, con toda la transparencia, que he estado en muchos lugares alrededor del mundo y nunca he visto un grupo de personas tan unidas después de una tragedia tan grande donde un grupo de personas desinteresadamente te ayuda, te pregunta si estás bien, y, y no solamente para conversar, sino para, para darte de comer, para darte agua si no tienes, para, para, para explicar dónde están los recursos que tú tal vez puedas necesitar. Y están ahí para ti. Durante las siguientes tres a cuatro semanas después del huracán, nos convertimos en, 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 en una familia. En una, vivíamos en diferentes apartamentos, pero éramos una familia que velaba por, por los intereses de todos en la comunidad. Así que el sentido de comunidad, compañerismo y, y, y de, de sentido de, de preocupación colectiva lo aprendí de ellos. Así que eh, ese es mi ejemplo para el día de hoy. ¿Tú, Rubén? No, excelente ejemplo, Michael. Y eh, precisamente esta, este tipo de preguntas son, son muy difíciles para mí porque... Eh, uno, uno típicamente pues eh, habla tal vez de, de un familiar, habla tal vez de, unas personas, de las personas que están alrededor de uno y siempre he sido eh, alguien que, que trata de concentrarse más en, en como lo dicen, en, en grupos de personas o en, o en lo que hacen las personas más de, que, de quién es la persona que lo hace. Eh, y, y el ejemplo que estás dando pues eh, lo valida, o sea, el espíritu humano eh, tiene, tiene una, unos rasgos que, que particularmente vienen a, a, a realizarse o a, o a verse obviamente cuando, cuando hay situaciones tan difíciles como, como fue ese, ese huracán. Eh, pero yo, yo de mi lado siempre he gravitado a, a las personas que, que hacen las cosas con pasión y, y cuando la hacen con pasión pues eh, tienden a eh, accidentada o... o o directamente, ¿verdad?, o planeadamente eh, cambiar eh, muchas, muchas cosas a lo positivo alrededor de, alrededor de ellos. Eh, y, y una de las personas que yo creo que más representó eso en su vida, por lo menos eh, en donde, a donde yo gravito, que es al área de negocios y de, y de innovación, etcétera, fue Steve Jobs. Para mí Steve Jobs eh, fue una persona que, que tuvo tanta pasión sobre lo que él quería hacer y y by the way, o sea, muchas personas lo, lo consideraban una persona muy difícil de, de trabajar y posiblemente muy cierto si uno, si uno eh, lee todas las anécdotas 
de la, de la manera que era eh, trabajar con él y todo eso, pero, pero él tenía una pasión por lo que estaba haciendo que, que todavía al día de hoy permea dentro de, dentro de la compañía, un legado muy marcado dentro de la compañía de, de Apple y realmente logró que esa, que esa compañía hiciera un montón de cosas que posiblemente no debió haber estado haciendo porque había un, un gorila que era Microsoft y Bill Gates que siempre le estaban, le estaban ganando. Eh, y, y eso pues eh, no, no, no es para menospreciar para nada ni a, a Microsoft ni a, ni a Bill Gates. Ellos fueron extremadamente exitosos, pero Steve Jobs lo hacía de, de otra manera, de una manera que a mí eh, siempre me ha, me ha impactado. Eh, la, las cosas que él logró y, las cosas, y cómo las logró me, me dejaron, me, de, me impactan. Ahora, que yo soy un fanático de Steve Jobs, no, no porque... Eh, de nuevo, a mí lo que me llama la atención son las personas que hacen las cosas con pasión y tú no tienes que cambiar el mundo, pero si haces algo con pasión, yo voy a gravitar a donde estoy, yo voy a, a estar alrededor tuyo y yo voy a ser tu eh, cheerleader número uno, voy a estar ahí, ra, 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 tratando de asegurarme de que puedas lograr eh, lo, que, lo que te apasiona. Así que tremenda pregunta, María, muy buena. Yo tengo que admitir que hay muchas personas que han influenciado en mi vida, eh, pero sin duda alguna hay una mujer que yo tengo muy, muy pegadita a mi corazón y se ha convertido como en mi tía. Después de tantos años de conocerla y su nombre es Benita, ella me ha enseñado que si uno trabaja fuerte, uno puede conseguir lo que uno quiera. O sea, el secreto es trabajar incansablemente para lograrlo, o sea, no dormirse y, y siempre tirar para adelante, como decimos aquí en Dominicana. Eh, Benita es una gran mujer que tiene un negocio muy fructífero hoy ¿eh? y me encanta, o sea, ella es una gran influencia en mi vida. Muy bien, muy bien, qué bueno, tía, tía Benita. La tía Benita. <ríe> Pero vamos a entrar al tema del día de hoy. Desde el punto de vista de Disanalytics, ¿Cómo afecta el tener diferentes modalidades en el departamento de radiología? O sea, esa es una buena pregunta en términos de que tiene una contestación muy simple eh, y, y sería, no afecta en nada eh, la modalidad. Entonces, eh, claro, si, si nos quedamos con eso este, solamente, pues ya se acabó el podcast y no vamos a hacer eso. Eh, hay, hay más detalles que podemos eh, proveer. ¿Por qué podemos proveer más detalles? Porque eh, los que tienen, llevan tiempo en la industria de la salud o en la industria de imágenes en, en el campo de la salud saben que eh, las modalidades por su naturaleza tienen muchas diferencias. Y, y una de las diferencias que, que es bastante obvia es el saber que no todos los estudios toman el mismo tiempo de hacer en las diferentes modalidades, cuando estamos diciendo modalidades, para los que no conozcan, estamos hablando de, de equipos de rayos X, equipos de MR, equipos de CT, estudios de mamografía, estudios de ultrasonido, etcétera. Cada una de esas áreas son una modalidad. Y entonces, eh, cuando uno lleva años y hasta, bueno, es bastante obvio, sería obvio en horas, uno se daría cuenta, en un día dentro de un centro de imagen o un hospital, se daría cuenta que cada una de estas modales tiene, por decir, una, algún tipo de especialidad eh, de, de lo que generan y de lo que, de lo que se puede ver. Entonces, si tan pronto uno reconoce eso, uno reconoce que 
si uno va a analizar lo que está pasando con el volumen, con los estudios, con los números que uno obtiene de esas, de esas modalidades, pues entonces uno sabe que uno puede hacer ciertas inferencias y adquirir cierto conocimiento usando solamente los números. Un ejemplo muy bueno fue que Michael fue a un cliente y se dio cuenta que en una de las modalidades tenían el mismo número de estudios año tras año tras año. Entonces, cuando él nota eso, como ya él tiene experiencia, él está diciendo, aquí tiene que haber una razón para esto. Porque si no, okay, si no, están a capacidad. Si están a capacidad, tienen la oportunidad de crecer. El, el sistema de Dis Analytics hoy por hoy no puede hacerte ¿verdad? ese análisis a menos que tú, como humano, lo, lo, lo estés ya pensando. O sea, que si, si Michael reconoce eso y él dice, vamos a correr un análisis de por qué está pasando, pues nosotros sí podríamos ya usar unos factores, incorporarlos, correr un, un análisis y decirte, sí, ese, ese factor o este o el otro eh, es el causante de lo que estás haciendo y cómo poderlo eh, cambiar para mejorar tu situación. Pero en un futuro, usando el tema que, estamos, que hemos hablado en los últimos meses de Artificial Intelligence, los sistemas, no solamente Disanality, sino otros sistemas, van a poder también mirar ese patrón, mirar esa data y decir, ok, aquí hay un causante y aquí hay una, una posible, eh, un posible camino o múltiples posibles caminos para eh, mejorar la situación. Así que, eh, Michael, habla un poquito más, tal vez, de esa, de esa situación o de otros otro ejemplos. Sí, claro que, que sí. Claro que sí. Y, y para nuestra audiencia que nos sigue semana a semana, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. Este es un ejemplo que, que ya hemos usado. Este es un ejemplo uh -huh. que nosotros nos, nos encontramos hace un par de semanas donde el cliente tenía números eh, muy parecidos, muy homogéneos en los últimos tres años. Y entonces... El, el cliente, cuando se lo traíamos a su atención, el cliente nos dijo, ¿pero por qué tú crees que esto pasa? Entonces nosotros comenzamos a indagar y nos dimos cuenta que el, el departamento de radiología estaba ya corriendo a capacidad, ¿verdad? Y, y, y indagamos, fuimos un poquito más allá, donde el indicio, ¿verdad?, de que estaban corriendo así, nos llevó a preguntar cómo estaban la, la, la lista de espera. Y la lista de espera, pues ya estaban a cuatro días, una semana de espera. ¿Qué quiere decir todo esto? Quiere decir que con, con nuestra herramienta el cliente pudo determinar, ¿verdad? Esta corazonada que tenía, que ya era momento de hacer crecer la operación, de comprar otra máquina de sonografía. Para muchos de nuestra audiencia no es fácil tomar esa decisión porque la máquina como tal y, y los instrumentos que vienen con, el, con la máquina de, de sonografía son caros. Es una inversión grande. Y si uno no tiene el volumen es muy difícil entrar en esta adquisición. Así que, eh, volviendo al tema de Analytics, pues nosotros le proveemos, le proveímos e e esta información al cliente. Hicimos el reporte, hicimos el análisis y el reporte en, en menos de cuatro horas. En realidad fueron menos de tres, pero eh, quiero decirles cuatro horas porque si ustedes nos llaman y nos dan la oportunidad de, 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 de ser parte de, de su operación, en ser otros... ¿Cómo se llama cuando tú contratas a una persona externa para que te ayude? Un, sí, un asesor, un consultor, un asesor. Un asesor. Okay. 
Que, que ustedes nos llamen para que nosotros los asesoramos acerca de, de esos números, acerca de lo que está pasando, proveer ese, ese concepto analítico dentro de su operación, estamos ahí para ustedes. Estamos ahí para ustedes, para caminar, para escucharlos, para ser parte de su operación. Rubén. Así, Michael, y, y bueno, el, el, en estos días estamos desarrollando el, el reporte de Clock of the Day, porque fuimos a un cliente, fui a un cliente ayer y, y le enseñamos el que teníamos de emergencia y ahora lo quiere para radiología, así que ya estamos en proceso de hacerlo. Eso solamente para recalcar lo que estás diciendo, donde nosotros tenemos la habilidad de, de ver esa data y, y tomar esas sospechas o, ese, o esa, ese, esa sospecha inicial, valga la redundancia, ¿verdad? pero esa sospecha inicial y tratar de convertirla en algo que haga sentido, que para una persona por sí sola sería muy difícil. O sea, no, no podrías analizar la data, eh, o, o si la puedes analizar, pues te cansas analizando una sola variable, y después no quieres volver a hacer eh, más nada al respecto. Mientras que con sistemas como Dizanetics, nosotros podemos hacerlo relativamente rápido, siempre lo hemos dicho, lo podemos hacer fácil, porque si no es fácil, entonces no se, puede, no se aprovecha la gente no, no la entiende y no, no puede usarlo eh, como, como uno quiere que se, que se use. Así que eh, siempre me ha gustado ese, ese ejemplo y sé que lo hemos usado un par de veces, pero creo que es un buen ejemplo para, para esta pregunta en términos de si las modalidades hacen una diferencia en Design Analytics o no. La contestación es no, no hacen una diferencia. Pero cuando miras todos los factores alrededor del tipo de estudio que estás adquiriendo y qué estás haciendo y qué, qué performance estás teniendo con él, Claro que sí, y Dice Analytics te lo va a enseñar. Antes de irnos, quería comentarle a nuestra audiencia que el Clock of the Day que acaba de mencionar Rubén es uno de los reportes, uno de los tantos reportes que nosotros hemos diseñado dentro de Dice. O sea, parte de la creación, parte del diseño, parte del desarrollo tiene que ver con el cliente, la relación que nosotros tenemos con el cliente y nuestras habilidades de hacerlo para ellos, de representarlo. Ahora, en, en la versión en inglés, Rubén mencionó el tiempo que conlleva hacerlo. Claro, esas cosas nos toman típicamente do, do, dos horas, tres horas, muy poco tiempo. Eh, la realidad es que, que se pueden hacer muy rápido. Tal vez, tal vez eh, finiquitarlo y editarlo bien. Somos, tengo, tengo que decir que somos muy detallistas, así que a veces eh, en el detallismo pues, eh, se extiende un poco más que eso. Pero el obtener la data y, hacerla, y hacer el análisis es muy, muy poco tiempo. Así que. Muy poco tiempo. Y, y pues nada, estamos aquí para su servicio, cuando lo decidan nos llaman y nos dan la oportunidad para, para demostrar nuestras capacidades. Así es, Michael, cada día hay muchas cosas nuevas que descubrir de Disanalitis y, y todo lo que se puede perfeccionar en el ámbito. Así que ya saben, eso es todo por hoy. Gracias chicos por acompañarnos y gracias a todos. Nos vemos en un próximo episodio. Bye. Bye, nos vemos pronto. Hasta pronto. Bye, bye.